Hey, this is Jim. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio, another episode with a guest today, which means if you're watching on YouTube, you already know this, you can see what's happening. But if you're a listener who typically listens to the audio, you're going to have a chance to meet our guest today, Mr. Eric Borgeson. And he actually was on podcast episode number 74 back in 2017. It was just after my family had just lost our house in a lightning strike, house fire, crazy year. Uh, But that's the last time we heard from Eric. And he has grown since then. He's got some updates for us. He's doing a lot of wholesale. He's starting to get into replens. He's just barely dipping his toe into that. He's doing some of the other business models that we teach as well. He's got a team of five people, works from home, which is tremendous. He doesn't have an actual office where all of his employees gather. He works from home. And uh, as we were wrapping up the episode, actually, he said, hey, got to go, picking up my kid from school. So it's great. He's home with his family and he's built an incredible business. They hope to do about $3 million in business this year. He said, we're here in February, 2021. And that's his goal for 2021 is about $3 million at a great net. And he's going to talk more about that in today's episode. A few of the things that stood out to me today about this guest in this episode were, we don't really dive off too much into his story. It's mainly just diving right into the results he's getting, the strategies he's using, a few times that he's bumped his head and stubbed his toe. Some of the, you know, one of the questions I ask him is, have you ever made any big buying mistakes with wholesale? Have you ever gone too deep into a certain inventory product? I asked him, how does he find his wholesale products. And he gave some great creative answers there too. I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. The one thing he does mention, uh, and we talk about it a little bit is bundles. And I'm going to stick a note in the show notes for that. So right below this, wherever you're listening or watching, right below wherever you're consuming this content today, there's an area with some notes. Go to silentgym.com and you'll see the show notes. We'll have a link to everything we talked about today, the different courses, the content, One last thing before I bring Eric on the show. If you're not on our update list, you really should be. The fact is Facebook and email are getting less and less reliable as a way to communicate out to a great member of our community like you. If it's been a while since you've got an email from us, it's not because we stopped sending you email. It's because it's getting hard to send an email out to a group of people who want to hear from you. Same thing with Facebook. If we're not showing up on your Facebook feed... Well, Facebook has only got so much inventory and they're filling it up with other stuff besides us. Best way to make sure that you don't lose track with us is two things. Well, do all three, actually. Get in our Facebook group. There's a link at silentgym.com. Get on our email newsletter list for sure. You want to be there too because we do send out great stuff. It's not a pitch fest. It's just, hey, here's a new podcast episode. Hey, here's an opportunity for an event that's coming up. It's 90% content and 10% us paying the bills by being one of the premier creative internet marketing training organizations in the world. But the third way is the one I want to emphasize. If you go to silentgym.com slash updates, all three of the links I just talked about are there, silentgym.com. But you can get on our update list. So your smartphone alerts pop up whenever we've got a new podcast episode or whenever we've got an important special date that you want to be aware of. We don't abuse it. We don't spam you. We just let you know, hey, new podcast episode today. Here's the topic. If you're interested, here's a link to listen. And it pops up as an alert, kind of like getting a text message. It just means you need to download the free app called Telegram. And once you've done that, we step you right through how to find our announcement page and get those alerts as they pop in. So go to silentgym.com slash updates. 
and you'll get alerts when we have new episodes. All right. With that rather lengthy introduction, it's time to bring on our guest. I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from him again. And if you didn't go back and listen to podcast episode number 74, maybe check it out so you can kind of get a feel for where he was and his business has lasted and grown and some really good lessons in there today. So enjoy this episode. I'll talk to you on the other side. So Eric, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's been a while. It has been and the world has changed a little bit since then. Time for an update, huh? Ah, It's always time for an update. It's always good. Let's hear what's been going on since last we heard from you back in episode 74. (laughs) A lot's been going on. We've been still doing some of the similar things we've been doing before, growing our wholesale lines. Took a little while off. COVID came and still here. We're still growing with that. So we're getting a whole new group of issues. Amazon came out with their IPI restrictions. Those caused a whole new set of issues and their limitations on 200 units for every new SKU and things like that. So we're learning. It's a very flexible business. You learn as you go and you never, never a dull day. That's right. It's uh, it's real time instead of, instead of just in case education, it's just in time educating yourself on what you need today, right? That's the journey. Correct. So what, what are some of those challenges you've hit? Some of those hurdles you've overcome? And just, you know, fill us in, man. Take, pick it up from where we left off, I guess, maybe even. Wow. Okay. So from years ago, you have to learn to create... A, as you create your team, you have to create processes to create your team and processes to do things and schedules so that you can actually better keep on track on schedule. Or as you get bigger and your time gets more valuable, you'll actually find out that you are you have less and less time to get more stuff done. And if you don't have a good schedule and you can't outsource it, or you can't just have someone else do it for you, then all of a sudden you have too much burden on you and then the rest of your life starts to suffer and we don't want to see that happening. Sure. So your life has been about managing people and building systems. Well, that's what, yeah. So for the last year, it's been about creating a systems and creating more management of people and getting people to do what they're supposed to be doing. And then really being part of your business as opposed to them just being in your bit, like doing it's like trying to get them to be more just know their role and doing their role for their business instead of trying to do everyone having being a jack of all trades in your business. You don't want them to do that. You want them to have yeah. one function and this is what it is and be the master at that one function. Yes. And there may be some people out there who consider themselves very business savvy who would disagree with that. But actually you've just hit on one of the timeless truths. This is actually a biblical concept. I won't take time to dive into it too much, but the law of specialization is very much a just core principle that we all need to adapt. Not that you can't be good at several different pieces, but you need to have someone who is the best at any different piece, any different component of your business as it grows and you're building a team. When you start out, you're going to be wearing all the hats. Your business will be capped at what you're capable of cramming into a day, obviously. And and that can be a beautiful thing, Eric. I mean, we have people in this community. I would venture to say most listeners to this podcast, it's just them or maybe them and a spouse, maybe a kid or a neighborhood kid. or And that's great. That's beautiful. I mean, we've got people with seven-figure businesses. That's their team. But you got something bigger than that. And I think one of the valuable things maybe we can pull from here is, you know, you start talking about specialization and building a team. Like, who do you hire first? What part of your operation is it important to automate? You know, just think through some of those stumbling blocks maybe that have helped you grow to the level you are. Uh, share some of those numbers. Just take us wherever you want to go. There's all kinds of interesting ways we can go on someone who's built a, a healthy business. Yeah. So in the beginning, I was, I've 
didn't look to that truth where you don't hire family first. So I hired family first. So that's fine. So you have your family there, but then it causes stress and strife elsewhere. So I try to get my wife out of the business as fast as possible. So she's been out for three years or so. So she hasn't really helped out with it. And that's fine. So she can do things that actually she enjoys doing and things that she wants to do. Some of the first things I got rid of are things like you have to compare like what your what you value your hour of your life at or so for time. So for me to label products and put them in bags and label the bags and order those bags for them to get labels on them to then shipping to putting UPS shipping labels on them to do all these steps, those weren't worth my time anymore. Like because there was her jobs you can get rid of for twelve, fourteen dollars an hour, whatever you wanna offsort them to where I can do something that's worth more money to my business and to growing the business that will make more money in the have long you actually term. figured out what an hour of your time is worth? Have you assigned a number to that based on not just intuition, but like actually running the numbers? It's $175 an hour. And that's, well, that's based on running the numbers of your business. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. running on... That's like after all sales and everything is done, time divided by how much time I've put into the business over the year. That's yeah. where I came up with my 175 that an hour figure. It's phenomenal. So what that frees you up to do then is like you just described. If somebody, if I could be paying someone $12 an hour to do this job, I should be. I should. Right? It, it goes back to the uh, only do the things that only you can do. Once you have sufficient revenue being generated in your business, you start thinking about those. Any repetitive task is where I like to start, Eric, right? Did you kind mm-hmm. of start there? Any repetitive task? Yep. So like the reimbursements, like Amazon losing your stuff in their system. Mm-hmm. It's this has that, oh, there's a company, they'll take 25% of the, whatever they recover. Fine, go do it. <laughs> It's not worth the... So they send me a bill every week and they're like, well, here's $100 that we need that represents 25% of the stuff that they recovered. Okay, great. I didn't just spend an hour dealing with seller support. I didn't just spend... you know, I was not hitting my head against the wall. I'm like, someone else hit their head against the wall that's to funny. figure, you know, to click the buttons, get the stuff done and to get those things done. Yeah, that's thinking like a business owner. It's, it's thinking in systems. Mm-hmm. And if you're not the best person for the job, well, I don't even want to put it that way. There'll be plenty of times where you think you're the best person for the job. And that's actually one of the first hurdles when you start bringing on team members is you're thinking, it's just easier if I just do it myself. I don't have time to train somebody. They're never going to be as good as me anyway. And one of the things you learn, I'd be interested to hear that you're, you're, now that you've brought a few people onto the team and let a few people go from the team, is it true for you, as, as I certainly know it is for me, that I overestimate how much time it's going to take for me to explain a process to like a new hire, let's say. They catch on so ridiculously quick. And even as I'm explaining, I'm thinking, this isn't complicated. Why did it take me so long to bring some help in? And within like three days, they're better at it than you ever thought you'd be because that's their job. Have you experienced that? I've experienced that in some aspects. I'm not a very good teacher though at some time. So, but I just tell them like, look, do the same way I would have learned or the same, like learn it at your own speed. If it takes them a week to figure out how to do a task, then it took them a week to figure out how to do a task. And then they're the master of that task and they know how to, the, the process goes to get there. Yeah. And within a few days, done. they're improving your process even because yeah. they want, they want it to be, they want it to run smooth. They're making suggestions yeah. <laughs> and absolutely. So how big is your team? I have a five person team at the moment. Fantastic. I, Two years ago, I had talked with my accountant and I thought I had 1099 employees. And it turns out I don't have 1099 employees. They're not independent contractors. They're actually employees. <laughs> so that came a whole new set of hurdles of, okay, but now I'm a real business. It's like as a, I have payroll, I have healthcare, I have you know, right. dental plans, 401k. It's like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have all these things now. <laughs> yeah. And that's a whole nother episode. Maybe you could bring an accountant on at some in, point. Yeah. Do you, is it a 1099 or is it an employee? And this 
you know, this is an international podcast now. So mm-hmm. for anyone outside of the United States, that's just basically helping us determine, okay, do I have to call this person an employee or can they work when they want to work, where they want to work on their own terms and they're kind of a contractor. And that's important because they're an employee, we got to withhold taxes. <laughs> yes. And, and I learned that hard lesson. Along with hang As up talk- posters Sorry. that no one reads and all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. The payroll people, you need to get these posters. Why? Yeah. Like, where do I put them in my garage? Yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. I learned about the IRS. The IRS is a fun fun person. <laughs> we'll call them entity. In my first two years of business, I really didn't think much about them. And then they hit you with a $36,000 bill on my account and did my bill. He's like, oh, you got it. And I'm like, not in my bank. <laughs> maybe, some, maybe in two weeks. It's an inventory. Four weeks. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I could very easily jump on my soapbox and we won't do that. But it, it is pretty frustrating to me that the biggest hurdles you will hit as a business owner by far hands down above the next 10 things you'll run into is your own government. <laughs> it's mm. brutal. Mm. Uh, so that's unfortunate because you could grow so much faster without all the red tape. But that's just me uh, jumping off on the minor soapbox. But getting back to let's help people build businesses, man. Uh, that's how you overcome all those hurdles is you just grow, you build, you serve well. Tell us what you do. What, what type of business uh, programs are you following? And I, I didn't go back and listen to episode number 74. Maybe some of our listeners will. <laughs> so what I did was I started out with like everyone starts out with the retail arbitrage model. Not everyone, but most people start with the retail arbitrage. A lot arbitrage. of people do. Yeah. Scanning barcodes back then. Scanning sure. barcodes. So with COVID, scanning barcodes has become much harder than it used to be because everybody and their sister now wants to be an online business. They all want to do online sales and they all took the YouTube, the YouTube classes and the read some stuff. They say, oh, go scan some barcodes. I'll be good. Okay. But then it becomes the gating and whatnot. So I would tell everyone, if you want to start, start with bras, actually. Bras from Kohl's are one of the best retail arbitrage investments you'll ever make. At least they were until this podcast episode was produced. Until this podcast <laughs> It's not a BOGO for exactly the one because it's clearance based. So if you go to their clearance racks, you can find anywhere from $3 to $10 bras and sell them for upwards of 25 to 40 on Amazon for one. Your wife will love the Kohl's cash that you bring home <laughs> and she'll run out of things to spend it on. So that's a great that's way a to great start. Tip. That's a great way to build up your own. <laughs> yeah, that is if you, you that's the old model of just go in and scan a few barcodes and you're going to see like okay this is four dollars right here and it's selling for twenty six on Amazon fast yeah I'll I'll grab some of these right? yeah so then but we still I still employ for the most part inch you go the inch deep and the mile wide um, some of the stuff I do go I'll call it crater. <laughs> A crater being like, I'll buy 300 of something or 360. If you, you test buy it to make sure it's going to sell like 24 to 36. And then once you've sold out in a day of all those, then you start buying more and more until you hit your crater of, oh no, we just replenish 360 every two weeks. And, you know, everyone, the wholesaler loves you for that. When you say inch deep, mile wide, I think most people know what we're talking about, but that's just the overall strategy of our community is even if you come up with some incredible private label product, it's not like you found the holy grail of success on Amazon because you're going to have com- competitors. You're going to have people that go, oh, wow, I could tweak that product just a little bit. Someone in China shipped 5,000 of them to Amazon and bury this guy with a bunch of fake reviews. It's not like finding the holy grail of one private label product is you know, some kind of nirvana. You're going to have competitors coming after you. I call them margin monsters. So what okay. we do is we go an inch deep and a mile wide, meaning we've got a little bit of a bunch of different things going on. And every once in a while, I like your term crater okay, this product really works. <laughs> Let's go a little deeper on this. Wow, every time we send in 30, they're selling the same day. 
let's go ahead and send in 300, right? Mm -hmm. So you ease your way in. You're not ordering 10,000 units from China, filling your garage, and then hoping to sell them over the next few months. It's easing your way into what's working. Uh, so you're you're turning that inch deep, mile wide. You got a few craters in there, so different places, right? I love that. Term, yeah. Where you so go you get the craters in there. The crater, like you just get used to, like the margin monsters do come occasionally and destroy the product for uh, maybe a month or so, but then they disappear because they're like, oh, there's no money in that product. I only made a quarter because the repricer is set to drop everyone's price to a cent below everybody. No one wins. So you <laughs> so just wait it out. That's right. You wait it out. And then so all of a sudden... the longest like, you've waited out? Let's say you've got 100 units of something and someone comes along and, and they're, they're bad at math or something and they just you're losing a dollar per sale and they try to tank the price. You lock your price in where it belongs and you wait. Mm-hmm. What's the longest you've waited? Well, it depends on who it is. If it's Amazon themselves who came in and started... Amazon themselves has come in and just taken over listings of brands like they didn't used to carry this one guinea pig food but now they do and they have a thousand plus in stock i use um like how much extension or keep extensions and those to see how much people have in stock right rev seller rev seller does that too rev seller rev seller does that too i have so many extensions i don't know who's responsible for what (laughs) probably need an extension on it (laughs) (laughs) i could i have a whole bar across the top of my screen of extensions but um so with that, I'll, like I'll weigh. So if they only have like thirty, and if it's a fast selling product for thirty, they'll be gone within a week or two. So there's no sense in chasing after them. Mm-hmm. Or, but sometimes if they have a lot more, say they have, say they have three months that's going to sit there. Well, then I have to go after like after a month to see if they didn't do their math correctly. Then you Amazon has their excess listing report that they have that they can show you that says, oh, this many products will last this long here. It makes you look at that and go, oh, I haven't sold any in 90 days. I look at everything on the 90-day level. Look, if it says zero for 90 days, then I go back and reevaluate why am I not selling that product? Does it need so an ad So you wait for 90. It? I do. Because hmm. we start looking about 60. Okay. Personally. But because uh, at 90 is when you start getting hit with if I remember correctly, someone else does this for me, but <laughs> that's when you start getting hit with storage fees. Uh, six months, six, no, 180 days and 360. 180, okay. Six so, months, yeah, they do. The long-term storage fees come out twice a year. So it's the 100, so it's every six months. Right. So you have but if you don't start with, moving it. That's right. But we do look at, you know, if it hasn't moved in 60 to 90 days and you've sold zero, you kind of are put, looking at something that, you know, you want to evaluate and see what's going yeah. on here. You certainly don't want to be sending more of it in if it's not selling in 60, 90 days. (laughs) Yeah. No, you don't want to send any more in. (laughs) You also want to try to... um, As much as we all talk about Amazon and love Amazon and the whole place, the world has become so diversified now in the last two, three years with so many more marketplaces. Like Facebook has their marketplace now and Mercury's around now and Amazon. I mean, eBay, Walmart. These people all want you to sell on their platforms. Right. And they're trying to figure out a way, like Walmart contacted me directly two years ago and said, we want you. Here's our application, fill it out. And then I had the manager of the online thing called and was like, all right, let's get this set up. And then within a week, we were set up on Walmart. And people now, like this banging their heads. Some of your, and these weren't private label products, right? These were, no, these were just standard products off of, from, from my wholesalers that they know that I sold on Amazon. And they just were like, we want you to sell these products for, on our website as well. That's awesome. So I don't know. That's awesome. It is a little more challenging right now to get onto Walmart, but still many, many people mm. are getting on there successfully. So, you know, from a big picture vantage point, and we're kind of bouncing all over the place, but 
I can envision the segment of our listening audience that's loving today's episode because it's a little deeper than what we usually get. But we need to keep in mind that Amazon is half of all transactions online in the United States. So mm-hmm. Walmart, eBay, Facebook Marketplace, Mercari, you know, all these other places are sharing the other half. Yes. <laughs> they are the giant in the room. So yeah, you want to pay attention to those other options. But the giant in the room is clearly Amazon. It's clearly Amazon. Like on eBay, if I eBay something versus Amazon, you're selling 95 on Amazon to the five on eBay. Exactly. So you don't but, want to ignore eBay, but... No. But eBay is also a great place when Amazon changes the rules about something. Mm-hmm. Like I came home one day to an email and Amazon said, I sold baby formula originally on Amazon. And they sent out an email and says, if you do not have a letter direct from the manufacturer, as of April something, I forget what it was, April this date, you will no longer be able to sell baby food formula on Amazon. It's just cut and dry. Okay. Within a week, I had a pallet. How much did you have at the time? How much did you have? 325 cases. Cases. With cases. 6 to 12 in each case kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so they sent them all back. Here's Amazon's truck showing up, dropping pallets in my driveway, going, here's your, here's your product back. They, don't, they didn't care how it got there, what happened. They're like, here you go. So I've had to eBay it off since. And eBay is one of the few places you could actually... You give, some, to, give me some numbers. Like, so did you take a hit? You still got some? Did you... I still have 29 it? cases left. Of the... Oh, what did you say? 300 and... 325. And that so was how long ago? A couple of years? This one's uh, from a year ago. They, year they, ago. they weren't quick on all of their baby formulas to ship them all back. <laughs> yeah, they trickle in. And I have noticed too when Amazon says, hey, you can't sell this anymore. We're going to send it back to you. Yeah, go ahead and keep selling them for a while. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they post the April letter, but then the June they come back or July or August. Or... Yeah. And so in the meantime, they're still selling them. Yeah, they're still selling. Yeah. Or they're borrowing we, to sell which is, them. Which cracks me up. It's happened to us a good handful. We, we tend not to go that deep on any product, by the way. Okay. And because I'm always thinking, okay, if Amazon turned off this little piece of my mile-wide formula here, if they turn off this little piece, I don't want to be so deep that I'm <laughs> filling my warehouse with it. So That's we true. tend to bump against the zero inventory available quite frequently with our strategy. Uh, but what I have noticed is when from time to time, Amazon will say, which happens to all of us, hey, you can't sell this product anymore for whatever random reason that doesn't make any sense. Who cares? We well, just can't. They tend to sell out of it before they ever send it back to us. <laughs> like, okay, we can't sell anymore. That means don't buy anymore. But it's going to be six weeks, like you said, before they take any action on it. Yeah. But the other way to look about that... In the meantime, they're selling it. We drop our price a little bit (laughs) and get rid of all of it before they have a chance to send it to us. Exactly. I was going to say too, that also opens up the segment though, where some of the other products like, oh, they're like... Some of the other things we've run into is like EPA. They've really gotten about EPA and pesticides lately. Like, this is a pesticide product. It's a shoe. (laughs) Right. Because somewhere it said antimicrobial, the robots picked it up. It's, you know... It It had a keyword in there that triggered the bot to think that it was... You know, some kind of poisonous mm-hmm. substance when it's a, you know. So I use that actually as an opening point where now I can sell that. Pro- so everyone else on Amazon's now kicked off. Amazon Zero doesn't exist on it. Well, then I just bring it to the other marketplaces that I'm open to and say, hey, I have this antimicro, I have this shoe or I have this other product that they deleted off. So now everybody who's going to Amazon to buy that product now has to go somewhere else to buy it online. So that 50% market share just became zero. And then that 100% is now where the 50% was. 
Absolutely. Follow you. Yeah. You can jump onto the other marketplaces and you'll see as Amazon gets, you know, their lawyers decide, hey, we can't sell this anymore. Well, that just means it's going to be super popular on eBay. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we saw that some with, uh, it was easy to predict. I remember when Nike first started cracking Mm. down and said, only the latest models that we send to Amazon, that's the only thing that's going to be on Amazon. We don't like all these third-party sellers selling three-year-ago models of our shoes. And all that. You know, I don't, I don't know how that's settled out since because I haven't paid attention. to. We don't sell Nikes. But uh, one of the ripple effects that was easy to predict was eBay's going to be selling a ton of Nikes. <laughs> and sure enough, they were. And so everybody just went over there. It's like the, the, the Nike customers figured out real fast, unless you want right now's latest model at Nike's retail price, Go to eBay because that's where all the product is. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, right? So I love that there's these warring platforms out there keeping Amazon honest and keeping their lawyers from ruling the world, basically. Just mm-hmm. when they think they've got us, they're like, hey, that's all right. We'll take our product over there. So I, I, I love that we kind of went down this road because a lot of people see these challenges that come along and we'll hear these complaints. It's like, oh no, Amazon told me I can't sell this product anymore. It's been selling so great for me. Well, are you on eBay? Have you tried Facebook Marketplace? Put together a bulk lot of 60 of whatever it is and sell it to another seller. You know, Craigslist. Something, I mean, there's there's a hundred <laughs> options. And that's where I'm also looking forward to. I actually signed up for your replens course. Not your replens course. And you haven't done course. replens yet. I did replens course. I did the replens course. That got me you reinvigorated did. back to... It made me want... I, after two years, I got burnt out a little bit and stopped. So I was like, well, I want to get back into this. I want to get back to the basics of where it all started. And then to teach my people who I bring on the team, if I can just push them through a course and go, here's where I learned it. Here's where I'm going to push you through for you to learn. So I took the replens course that's on here. I think it was $97, either $69, 97 whatever it, the it is. Price, right now, it's only 29 but that's oh. because of COVID, we just didn't want the price to be a restriction for anybody. Mm-hmm. Prove an Amazon course, you get all of it for $29 a month. The replens course is a module in there. That's fantastic. Yeah. So that was a great course that opens your eyes about because it's like, oh, I don't have that Walmart store in my backyard. Well, they ship for free now for orders over $45. There's no hurdle. Like any order you place to an online order, you're going to spend $45. Yeah. Well, and, oh, and Eric, you know, I mean, we've got people in you know, Slovakia and <laughs> Canada and small islands I've never heard of that are countries apparently that they don't have an Amazon warehouse and no one there buys stuff on Amazon. But... They've set up an Amazon.com US account. They're shopping on Walmart.com, for example, having it sent to a prep partner. Like that could be a little side gig that you do. It's like, yeah, I'll take on two or three people and I'll prep their stuff for them and charge them a buck a piece or a couple bucks a piece, right? So you're happy to do it. It's part of your routine. It's another way to generate income and you're sending their stuff in for them mm-hmm. as they're buying it and having you know the mini, the prep partner model. People all over the country, or excuse me, all over the world using that model. With replens, because it's just so stinking simple. So I didn't. I don't even know what your business model is yet. I I probably mentioned it in the introduction, which is recorded after this. <laughs> but fill us in on your your model. Is it mainly wholesale? It's mainly wholesale. It's like ninety five percent wholesale because it just gets as you grow so big, you don't have time to run around the stores to go find the latest replens item. Hiring a team member to go into a store to try to go find replens is also because they want to leave after a little while. Like there's group, you have employees that go into two groups. You have the ones who are ambitious enough that once they learn the process, they want to do it themselves. Or you have the people who are like, they're just happy (laughs) to go do whatever you tell them. And they don't, they can see the model every day, but they have no means to replicate your model at all. They, 
they have no interest in no means no interest sure Sure. So that yeah, turned I mean, more into the. We do have people who are, high, I mean, myself included. We have shoppers. They go out, they find stuff, we reimburse them. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it could be, it's a pretty sweet model. Just add more shoppers you know, <laughs> and pay them, pay them for performance. Yeah. So that was me trying to figure out what the performance pay was, basically, was my hard part. Right. So with the wholesale model, though, where you can order the 240 out of, an, of a single item appeals to me or the 120. Sure. And have it delivered in a few days. Do you ever, how often do you get burned with too much inventory? Well, it goes back with the the inch deep. Occasionally, I'd say five items a month. Maybe maybe not five. What do you mean by burned? How big of a burn does it have to be? Well, you're thinking like, wow, I just lost several thousand dollars because I overordered. And I don't know what I'm going to do with this stuff. That's happened twice. (laughs) Once I ordered these items, Talk to the sales rep. He's like, great. You can sell them on Amazon somewhere, wherever you want. She sends me to Amazon. I get an intellectual property violation for the squeaker inside the animal toy. So you call your sales rep and he goes, oh, you're stuck. Like the sales rep was fired already. And you're stuck with a $10,000 order of squeaky toy animals. <laughs> What'd you do I still have I still have $5,000 of squeaky toys if anyone <laughs> I love wants it. them. So but I know what was... everybody who has a dog in your family gets for Christmas since yes. then, right? <laughs> so that actually brings me into um, I'm looking forward to doing the bundles course. Is it this week or next week? Um, as we're recording this, it starts up tomorrow. But, tomorrow, excellent. Uh, yeah, we'll stick a link to that in the show notes for those okay. who are listening to this. You know, several weeks after it was recorded. Yeah, we're updating our bundles training. The bundles training. So I'm looking forward to doing bundles training because your margins way better in a bundle. No yes. one's going to copy your bundle. You can make copy proof bundles. And some of those products we had talked about before where Amazon didn't like them in the one way, well, you can still put them in a bundle and then maybe they'll like them another way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And something else we're, we're toying with right now, which is pretty exciting, is being able to come up with uh, your own A-plus content for a bundle mm-hmm. brand registered, even though it's generic items that other people could source. You got some of your own stuff in there. And you've seen some of these you know, where it's like three bottles of hot sauce and a measuring spoon with someone's logo <laughs> on it, right? But getting in with some intentionality around that, around that strategy and uh, really helping lock down bundles. Yeah, that th- this bundle training will eventually expand into that. This, okay. this bundle training we're doing right now is it's revisiting the basics and cleaning up our process and making sure everyone knows how to get the right barcodes on the product and that sort of thing. You'll really enjoy it. And it may be a good way to get rid of those squeaky toys too. <laughs> That's the best why I'm taking it is so I can put my three or four squeaky toys in one squeaky toy bundle and just move them. Because yeah. at that point, I'm, <laughs> I'd be happy to get the money. That's the thing too. They don't expire. They're just space yeah, taker uppers. Yeah. It's just a matter of time till you figure it out. Exactly. I love it. Well, that's good to know though, because you know, playing around with orders of 100 or 200 or 400 of anything... We don't do a whole lot of that in my in our model with, that yeah. I do. I know other sellers that do. A lot of wholesalers do. Um, but you can find yourself getting burned. But it's good to know that you've only kind of felt like you were burned a couple times. Yeah. So the, the squeakers were... I've been... I guess the other burn was when I bought the... I bought a, pow, a pet powder for a, a dog. Like it's a pet vitamin for a dog. And then the company turned around two months later and started selling it Amazon Direct. Mm. And at that point, you're like, I have $25,000 of your product on my shelf. <laughs> and so I ended up losing uh, 
like fifteen hundred dollars, I guess, on that. Fifteen, oh, seventeen hundred. Really? Not bad. No, it's not. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's burned, but it's not. Yeah. Scorched earth. What did you do? You you went down to the price they were selling it at and sold through it. Yes, I dropped the price, sold through it, and then listed some on eBay and yeah, did some to Walmart. Yeah. Take, there's always creative. There's always creative paths forward. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the beauty of the the replans model and the wholesale model too. You can confidently, you know, you don't want to just be throwing money into the wind. You want to do your research. Ideally, it's something that you know is doing well right now. You don't buy it if it's not doing well right now and will be doing well for the foreseeable future before you go deep. And there's always a creative way to move. How much, let's, let's do this, you know, so people have a point of reference. How many different wholesale items have you sold? You know, we've gotten burned on a handful. How many different oh, 1,800. Items? Yeah. See, so, I mean, I would have guessed a smaller number than that. So of the, of the 1,800 times that you've done this, a handful of times, we could probably get creative and come up with a list of 10 or 15. You're like, eh, in hindsight, probably shouldn't have bought that. Yeah. But, well, there's always, there's always those that you break even or you made like $5 overall. So it's like you didn't burn. It's just yeah. always broke even. And moved Everybody on. got paid. The light stayed on. We moved the mm. product, but we're probably not going to do it again. Yeah. Well, that's like a thousand. So I've, I have 725 active SKUs right now. So the other ones are either not available, aren't worthwhile anymore. Like the sure. prices of a lot of things have gone up. So they're not worthwhile anymore. Or someone found like liquidated something. So they have their price is just too cheap for you to compete with. And you call the company and they're like, we don't know how they have it that cheap. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, they're just trying to get rid of it. Yeah. They, so. they bought it a while ago, found it in the corner and like, hey, turn that into cash. I don't care what we get out of it. Get it out of here. Yeah. So I've actually found that as a good model too for when I go to my wholesalers to, you ask them, what inventory do you have that's over a year old or that's stale that hasn't moved that you want me to move? That's gold. Because they want to get rid of it, and you have a, if you have a market for it, you just buy it and sell it, and let them stay with what they they have that they can't sell, and yes. then they love you. And reminds me very much of, and I want to I want to get into that. One of the questions I want to ask you next, Derek, is you know how do you find these wholesale accounts, and how do you deal with them, and interact with them, and that sort of thing. But it reminds me of training I attended. Uh, this was actually at an eBay Live, I think, in Boston, like a long time ago. And one of the more brilliant. Uh, observations I heard from one of the guys up there. He said, if you ever see a building that has truck docks, any building with truck docks, they have a corner of that building that's stuff that they don't know what to do with. (laughs) (laughs) And they're waiting for someone to come along and offer pennies on the dollar to get that stuff out of there. And that's his whole business model. He was, you know, and that was back in the eBay days. But now that you have the ability to do some research, you can make an intelligent offer. And there's there's just literally inventory everywhere, opportunity everywhere, and uh, I I love the way you just set up the wholesale. Like, hey, what do you guys got? You're having trouble moving. Let me let me see that stuff. So you send me the list. I'll I'll let you know what I can do something about. You do a little research. Well, you know, get on Keepa, see if any of those ASINs are moving. Mm-hmm. Grab it. Because that's one of the ways. That's that's all segment into your question where you said where do you find wholesale accounts? So yeah. I you can take the regular approach of looking at the back of the box, calling people calling the numbers on the back of the box, Googling who they are. Distributors. Distribu- or just typing distributors in whatever state you're in. Mm-hmm. I'm in New Jersey. Distributors of New Jersey. Distributors of New York. And a whole listing will pop up of everybody who distributes. But they're not... You don't just want to go to a random distributor and be like, hey, I want your product because you have no basis to say if it sells or not. That's why everyone... There's a group that loves online e-commerce and there's a part that hates online e-commerce. So then people who don't like it are the people who open all these accounts but then do nothing with them and they just let them 
So we spent all this time in idling there. That's yeah, exactly right. That's what frustrates me. Or they're like, hey, I want to order three of these 50 different products. You know, like, no, we, we want big orders. <laughs> yeah. But so I, I went to an um, industrial park. Well, we have an industrial park in my town, which is like 12 companies to have a loading dock. I went to the one that had a loading dock and he had a sign on there and he has a little... He had a spot. He's already trying to sell his discount products to the locals. And it's like, oh no, I can sell... You just go in there as a local and you're just buying it. And he took an interest to going, hey, I've seen you a lot lately and you're buying a lot of these products. Does any of this other stuff interest you? And then he handed me a whole catalog. He approached you. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Because he's an independent businessman at that point. He was the owner of the company running out of his own thing. So he's like trying to figure out how he can do more business. And now he just brings me deals from his friends who are also in the trucking business. Hey, my friend has a pallet of light bulbs. My friend has a pallet of these. Can you do anything with these? And like now we're looking at like nuts and berries and dried fruits and you know that it's just limitless possibilities, basically. Phenomenal. Hey, this is Jim. Sorry to interrupt this fantastic episode, but I wanted to alert you very quickly before we jump back to the show about today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by the Legends Group. That is a small group of sellers who gather primarily on Facebook, but also live at a couple events per year and talk about how to source products successfully to sell on Amazon. They specialize in retail arbitrage and online arbitrage strategies. If you want to check them out and find out more about them, there's only one link to use. That's provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Again, provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Go ahead and check them out. It is a phenomenal group. You can drop out anytime you want, but I think you're going to love the regular trainings, the positive atmosphere. It's like a big family. And if you want to hang out with other people who are doing creative things, sourcing retail and online arbitrage style for Amazon, that is where you want to be. Hey, let's jump back into the show now. So how much of your business right now is tied back to, let's say that guy had never said a word to you and you'd never gone back to that business. Mm-hmm. How much of your business wouldn't exist right now? $150,000 a year. In sales? No, that's profit. Profit. Missing. I've learned to not ignore the big number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The yeah. gross sales. Oh, we did like my, you know, we did. I've done eight point. I've done eight point six million in you whatever in since my since my inception. But that <laughs> right. doesn't mean anything, right? It's just how much you have at the end of the day that you can go play with and do something. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy numbers that I probably should throw around more often because the numbers yeah. are pretty nuts. You know, I've been doing e-commerce for twenty years now, and you add up all the volume. But, you know, every month we're paying 80 different people a piece of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, it's like, I'm like, when did I, how did I find about Jim? I found about Jim when I read his 101 marketing things from like 2011, 2000. 12. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way back That's then. The, uh, <laughs> I don't think I got a copy over here. That's the book Dave Ramsey endorsed, man. That was big oh, time. nice. And, and to this day, just so you know, because you bought that book, I've never kept a penny of it, man. It's all gone to my buddy, Kevin Ramsby, who's a minister in Detroit, inner city minister. And- Excellent. Entrepreneurship heart. So yeah, that well, that's how I got Dave Ramsey's attention. It's like, hey, I'm not gonna make a penny off this. It's gonna support a great ministry. Here's what it does. And we'd love to support. 
Yeah. So that book has done well and sent some nice checks to him. I actually sent one just a few days ago. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to drift too far off from your question. You said $150,000 a year in business in your pocket. In my pocket. Because of one conversation with a guy who had some, you know, you were in his, you were in his, you, you had to be brave enough to go up to the truck dock and go in, but you didn't even approach this guy. That's what I love about the story. He approached you. He's like, hey, you're buying a fair amount of stuff, man. Do you want anything else? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, just, it's always a funny business stories and how the world and this life works in general. It's just crazy to think about. But there's a pattern there. And, and this is something I want to, and, and you're probably fully aware of this. And, and it's one of the reasons I mentioned this book. I keep it right here handy. Every, I mean, I mention it like probably a third of the podcast episodes, Business Secrets from the Bible. One of them is relationships. Mm. They're not some kind of special bonus add-on to being a good business person. They are why business exists. Meaning if you pursue relationships, your business is going to thrive. That's what it's built on. So to the degree that you kind of let some relationships slide and like, ah, I need to check in on that guy, ask him what he's got for me. It's been six months. I probably should have called him before now. That probably cost you half a million dollars not calling him before now. Because he's got some amazing something going on and you guys could work together. He's happy, you're happy, customers are happy, but you just haven't connected yet. That's business. I've talked to a good handful of people. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more passionate about this topic all the time, Eric, because I've caught, talked to a good number of people. I've been doing this long enough now. People like you that say, hey, I started listening to you, you know, 12 years ago. And I'm just, I'm burnt out, man. I'm done. This business is... And I get these calls on occasion, Eric, and they're like, I'm just, I'm done. I'm just selling random widgets to strangers. And it's just, ugh, I can't do this anymore. I'm making decent money. And I'll say... I made this a whole presentation I did once. Uh, it, this was in uh, Hong Kong. I changed everything I was going to present and like just talked about this subject. And it's past podcast episodes are full of this too. But when's the last time you got on the phone? Better yet, when's the last time you met face-to-face, even if you got to wear masks? When's the last time you got in the face of some of those people who have helped you get where you are now? Some of those relationships. Who have you kind of let drift for the last three or four months? Call them. Get on a Zoom. Form a mastermind. Relationships are where it's at. I, I could paint an accurate picture of your business just if, if you simply tell me in the past two months, how many people have you talked to in your circle of influence about your business? How many of them have you interacted with? If you tell me I've interacted with like, oh, I don't know, 50, 60 people, I'm like your business is thriving. If you say, uh, I don't really like getting on the phone. I like automating it all and I'll send emails. Like your business is struggling. Yeah. How many times you're like, I'm going to open this email. <laughs> It disappears off your chain, and you're like, "Oh wait, there's that email." Yeah, I was like, "It's like as long as you're talking to somebody." As I say, my sphere of people is very small. I don't have fifty, sixty. I have like (laughs) ten. But as long as you're talking to these five, ten people, that's all. You just like you said, you just need to talk. But you maintain the relationships, Mm -hmm. and those ten people have a network. You already mentioned that one of them is sending Mm -hmm. people your way. Because as well, you had talked about just relationships, just in general, like your community, your family, and anyone. I'm the Amazon guy. If you need to know something about Amazon, you're calling Eric, whether it's my, from a family member or whatever, you're going to mm-hmm. get in contact with me. I, I need to know how to do this. They're calling me. But if I, you know, I'm not a mechanic. Don't call me about anything mechanical. Yeah. I, can't. <laughs> I, I love, you like being known as the Amazon guy. I would encourage you to expand that to e-commerce guy. Mm. So you're not locked in. Because I was the eBay guy for a long time. And I had to really work hard to become the, the e-commerce guy. I'm the guy that can help you creatively use the internet to sell anything. That's what I'm, I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. 
that's a just a bigger net. It gets the phone ringing for more interesting <laughs> reasons than just a Amazon. Yeah, right. But that is a beautiful elevator pitch line. Like, what do you do? Like, I'm the Amazon guy. I can help you sell anything on Amazon. <laughs> You're going to have your phone ringing. Call yourself that. I would even encourage you, Eric, if you wanted to, uh, the listeners as well, start writing a book about your experiences and about what you've seen and learned. Whether you ever publish the book or not, it's kind of irrelevant. Whether it goes any bigger than just a few family members and you pass it out to a few friends. But that's what my business is based on. We, we've sold over a million copies of, mm-hmm. of the book that I'm working on to update well, now, Silent Sales Machine. version. The next version is coming out eventually when I can get to it. Is it 12? What number is it on? Oh, I think we number 11. 11? Okay. Well, I was <laughs> going to say that. Was, I was going to chuckle and say, like your friend Chris Green from your uh, Proven... Yeah. Great guy. Can't do the proven Amazon conference at the moment, obviously. But yeah. from that, having them up there, just merch by, you know, print on, design, you know, print on demand, merch on demand, whatever you want yeah. to call it. You just write your book and just put it up on Amazon platform itself. And if someone buys it, they print it, print it, bind it, ship it. And yeah, yeah self published. You don't have to but worry about it. The benefit of that is it becomes the best business card you could ever have. And the credibility that you have just saying, I'm actually writing a book right now about topic X, whatever that topic is. Hmm. Never mind that it's going to be four years before the book is finished. <laughs> I'm writing a book on that subject. You are. You call yourself the Amazon guy. I love that. Be confident in that. You call yourself that. But if, if you're not quite there yet, start writing a book. And this is for the listeners too. Start writing a book, whatever it is that you want to be known as, the person who's X. I'm actually working on a book right now on that topic. Forever in the mind of the person <laughs> who hears you say that, you are the go-to expert for that subject. Never mind that your book may only sell 10 copies when it comes out three years from now. <laughs> You're the expert on that topic now. Just a little you know, self-promotional tip. And that, that, again, that's another Hebrew concept. That's another biblical-based Hebrew concept because in the Hebrew culture, your last name reflected your occupation. You carried it boldly with you wherever you went. Wasserman was the guy that brought water. Goldsmith was the guy that made jewelry, right? Silverstein was the silver guy, <laughs> right? I mean, they named their families after the family craft that they'd perfected and specialized, right? Specialization. Mm-hmm. And from generation to generation, they just got better and better at what they did. And the business was passed down from father to son. And this name, that's why you see all these businesses, you know, Goldstein and Sons. Because <laughs> the name carries skill, carries the reputation, carries that you, as soon as you meet me, you know what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Proudly so, <laughs> right? So, right. To the degree you can kind of embrace those concepts into your business, it, it serves you well. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Eric, the Amazon guy beautiful. Be proud of it. I love it. This is a fun episode. I'm having fun here because usually we've kind of, we, and nothing wrong. There's not like there's a pattern we have to follow, but it's a lot of times it's, you know, the story and how you found this and what you did. And, but this has just been like nugget after nugget, man. It's beautiful. I do want to hear some numbers though. Tell us where you were in episode 74. If you can remember back, you know, that's been 2017 and here we are in early 2021. So there's some gaps to fill in there. So... It was a million dollars. I had just in the first 17 months. So it was at that podcast, it was 17. First 17 months was a million dollars gross. And now... But we ignore the big numbers. But we ignore the big numbers. <laughs> How'd you do? Do you remember? How'd I do like net profit wise or like... Yeah. You have to ask the IRS. <laughs> they know. <laughs> they, they know the tell you, but they know. <laughs> yeah. So it's like... <laughs> I, I'm running like I'm like a 10% guy. Like, so it was probably like a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So now we're first year plus, first year and yeah. a half or so. And now I'm, my lifetime is 8.6 million. So I've, you know, so I'm somewhere around 700,000 
in gross profit, like in net profits after all the, you know, after all the employees and all the boxes and all the labels and all that. So. Gotcha. You know, that's, that's a good gig, man. I know after four years, you could get that promises that level of income outside of maybe, you know, doctors who work 70 hours a week or, Mm -hmm. you know, lawyer doing the same. So then you also have too that you have this inventory that you've also purchased from zero. And my current inventory level is somewhere around $175,000 in purchase costs sitting in there. And then the sales value is somewhere like 400, like 400, four and a quarter or something like that. After so. all expenses, 100% ROI probably, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. So that's where you're sitting. Like you have that too as an asset right? that you can sell. And I would never have fathomed that I would have another... <laughs> If you liquidated it out for exactly what it cost, that I would have another hundred and fifty, just yeah. sitting there. Yeah, yeah, and but that you know that is cash that just hasn't hit hit your account yet. Basically, mm-hmm. hundred fifty thousand, hundred seventy thousand of inventory. By the time it sells, is one hundred and fifty, hundred seventy in your pocket, hundred percent ROI after all the expenses are paid. Because you're selling for two or three times what you paid in yeah. fees and expenses and prep and yeah. So we, I, I like to operate at about a hundred percent ROI off of you know put a dollar in get two out basis. Mm-hmm. But that's beautiful, man. It's a nice... It's, I like that it's a nice gradual through. There's not like this huge like, yeah, then we had the $3 million 2020, <laughs> you know, and then it kind of dropped back down. And But you're, it mm-hmm. tells me that you're very methodical, mechanical in your decision-making. You've signed on to the, the slow growth. I mean, I'm sure there's ups and downs, of course. Oh, there are ups and downs. So I guess, so I guess if you go back to it, it's like the first year was 500,000 and then there was... 1.4 million and that was like 2.2 and then I took half a year. I didn't get any new products for like one year. So it dipped down to like 1.9 and then I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> so then I it pushed it back this. up to two. You know, I think last year was like 2.4. So it's back up, you know, back up 500 from where it was before. And then this year is worth growing at 30%. <laughs> you know, what so. are you hoping to do for 2021? What's your goal? My goal written is 3 million. For gross, it's just to because as you get products, you lose products, and the whole some of your best sellers. I've lost some of my best sellers because the world of Amazon's changing. Where sure the companies are like, why am I selling it to you when I can do it myself? Have so you they capitalized on, on that at all, or thought about it? I've thought about it. I'm trying to f- get better at that part where I can. You know, we have a module them. in the proven Amazon course that's basically get you to the point where you can make an offer they can't refuse in about one minute. Okay. And they're crazy to go around you and do it themselves. We've got people in our community, for example, Eric, that uh, that's all they do is mm-hmm. help businesses get their brands and their product onto Amazon. And then they get paid. Basically, uh, they are a commission-only sales rep for the Amazon sales that are made. So they're navigating the Amazon platform and all the you know, it actually helps us. The more complex Amazon gets, it's not complicated. It really isn't. <laughs> it but really isn't. <laughs> from an outsider's vantage point, it's like, oh, I got to know how to do all this stuff. And that's crazy. I don't want to have to do all the marketing and the keywords and the, you know, I just want to sell my product. Well, hey, I'll help you set up your account, help you populate it with your products. Notice I haven't spent any money and my client hasn't spent any money. We're just setting it up. Then as products start to sell and they start getting checks, hey, I get a percentage of that. I get 20% of everything, every check you get from Amazon. And I will do anything Amazon. If you get an email from them, if you get a complaint from a customer, if your reputation on Amazon starts to take a hit, if you want more reviews, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'll figure out that piece. I just get 20% of everything that sells. 
they don't want to have to mess with them. They don't want to have to go out and hire somebody for $120,000 a year just to manage the Amazon thing. They would much rather just have their account and get checks from Amazon and you can make that happen, <laughs> right? As a 1099 employee, as a 1099 <laughs> contractor, right? You're not yes. an employee. They don't have to hire somebody. That's magic words. Don't, don't hire anybody to do this. Don't train anyone to do this. I've been doing this for years. Here's one of my magic phrases I like to use is, I'm part of a community of global e-commerce sellers focused on Amazon that lives, eats, breathes, and sleeps how to succeed on Amazon. And I'm saying, I'll be a commission-only sales rep for you. I, so I want to grow your account. Mm. I just get a commission. Like, what do you pay your other sales reps? You pay me what you're paying them. Let me, be the, let me have that territory. And you can take it from me anytime you want. The checks are going to you. Right? <laughs> it's like a, it's the ultimate, no one can possibly lose proposition. Right? It's a great win-win. But that's that the PPP that module, proven product partnering module inside the proven Amazon course. That's just one of the many modules. So you need to dig into that one, man. I think of the... So these, instead of losing these accounts, you, you gain new income streams and you diversify off of just having one Amazon account too. Now you've got multiple Amazon accounts. And that's good too. In case in my travels here for four years, I was suspended for a week, which is trouble, you know, because I had a product that was actually over the counter it was a cream that you sell over the counter that you could pick up at any CVS Walgreens. Amazon robot came along and said, nope, hmm. that's a prescription product. And I was like, it's not a prescription product. And then three days later for me, just ignoring them that they're like, well, your account's been suspended. <laughs> what? <laughs> so then, you know, a few emails back and forth. Take, go to, I went to CVS, videoed myself taking the, <laughs> the bottle off the shelf <laughs> Really, flipping it over, <laughs> taking pictures of it, sending it to the salespeople, like the Amazon Seller Central people, and yeah. being like, "Reinstate me." <laughs> I'm here on false pretenses. And, and just you for know. the people who are listening to this show and thinking, "Oh no, uh, you could get suspended," and that everyone has these horror stories of these, mm. and even new sellers when they're getting their accounts set up get suspended while Amazon checks to see if they're legitimate or not. So you see suspension and Amazon are these two words that kind of overlap. Like everywhere you see the word Amazon, you see the word suspension and everyone freaks out. Mm. Well, I'll tell you this, Eric, and I've said this a lot in our Facebook group recently. We've been teaching people how to sell on Amazon way over a decade now. I have to do the math. I can count on one hand the number of people I've seen permanently suspended off of the platform from our community. Of the thousands and thousands, we've coached 7,000 people <laughs> since we started coaching. I can count on one hand the permanent suspensions that I leave my, I'm scratching my head like, okay, I thought we were going to be able to get you back on, but they just kind of gave up after a few months and like, oh, forget it. I'm doing something else with my life. That's because 95% of the time, like you just experienced, you send a couple of emails, a couple of correspondence. They realize that you're not some scammer out of China that's, you know, filling their <laughs> shelves with fake counterfeit product. You know, those are the legit people that get suspended. Those are the bad guys. Mm -hmm. They don't like suspending good guys they will reinstate you eventually is the point. Over 95% of the time, within a week or two, sometimes a little longer. And then the vast majority, like 99.9 something percent, if you're persistent, you get back in. But it can be very scary. And it does make you feel like, ah, maybe I should be diversified here. And we're a multiple income stream community. We're all for diversification. So I think you should look into the PPP module. Even some of those, some of those products Eric, where they're kind of going it alone, like, I know we got this. You know, we don't, we're not going to sell to you anymore. We're going to go put our own products on Amazon. Give them two or three months, they're hitting some pain points. They're scratching their head. They're going, wait, Amazon doesn't make any sense. And we can't figure this out. You can step in and be the hero. 
because it, it is painful. A lot of them will even say, you know what? Here's the deal. We're never selling our product on Amazon. We hate Amazon. We don't want our products on Amazon. You can really help them, <laughs> right? Because they're frustrated. They don't understand the fee structure. They don't understand how to communicate with Amazon or whatever it is that's got them. Uh, and a lot of times it's um, their distribution channel. The other brick and mortar stores where they sell the products is at price up here. And then the price keeps getting dropped down on Amazon and they don't like that. So they don't want their product on the platform. You can help them with all those issues. Well, yeah, that's like map enforcement, like creating a map, a minimum advertised price that everyone has to abide by. Exactly. And then getting them all to abide by it. Getting mm-hmm. brand registered, yeah. Like you said, it's getting a brand registered is big. And that's something we our, our team does all the time. We're helping with, you know, we've got, I think, the best brand registry team in the industry. So if you run into issues there, uh, our coaching team can help with that. But it just even if you don't know, you don't have to know all the answers. You just have to be able to make the propositions. Like, hey, we're going to figure this out together as we go. But here's the thing. I've been selling on Amazon a while. Love your product. Love selling it. Let's sell it through your account. You get the checks. And if I'm performing, you send me a percent of those checks. Those checks come to you. And I'm going to do all the work. And because you know it's a good product because it was selling well for you. Mm-hmm. And the, the other benefit is you don't have to worry about competitors anymore. Right? What's the thing? You don't have to worry about, like you said, the margin monsters are all gone. Yep. <laughs> it's just all of a sudden the price is inflated to exactly where they wanted it. So I'm thinking you've probably got two or three products in mind right now that you should make some phone calls, man. Oh, at least a half dozen. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> and, and we're here to help. This goes for all the listeners too, who have been in that scenario. If you, so if you've ever had a company come to you and say, hey, you know what? I think we're just going to sell our products on our own on Amazon. You can even be proactive about it if you want, or you can wait for them to kind of figure... We've got one product that, that we're doing that with right now where there's four or five sellers who have found it. Great seller, great margins. We know eventually either more sellers are going to find it, which is bad for us, or the company is going to want to sell it themselves which is bad for us. So now's the time to talk to them and say, hey, we're one of the top sellers. We've been doing this a long time. We live, eat, breathe, and sleep selling on Amazon. You're going to run into all kinds of stuff you're not anticipating. Make us a commission-only sales rep and let's just send checks straight to you from Amazon. If you talk to the right person, they're going to say yes every time. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, what else from your story, man? What else have you learned? You've been doing this a while now. You still work from home? You got an office? I still work from home. I have a, the majority of my work's done at my house. I have, if I get larger shipments of things in that I have them delivered to that first business partner I talked about, like first business gentleman, I have, he had a four bay warehouse. He doesn't need, I, I, I take like the back quarter of one of his bays for my larger <laughs> deliveries and he, Came a little rent. Mm-hmm. Does your prep team then go there to get it ready, slap the labels on it? Actually, he has a um, since he has a workforce that he doesn't have enough work for them to do. I just hire, I just give him the labels and pay him for his workforce. So wow. teaching new people how to do it—that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if instead of having your own warehouse, just use space from someone else and train a few people that work there. So then, do you pay him per unit, or how do you? What's that payment arrangement like? I pay him for the hourly rate of the employee, so I pay him fifteen dollars an hour for their work. Gotcha. <laughs> And so he's making a little override on that and he's happy, you're happy. Mm-hmm. You don't need a warehouse. I don't need a warehouse. I don't need the $4,000 a month warehouse expense. Here we are once again, <laughs> where every challenge you run into in your business, the solution is a person, mm-hmm. a relationship. It's a relationship. Like you said, if I have my, some wholesale companies, everyone like use an e, like a Gmail address, at home address. They're like, are you a real person? Like, are you a real company? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a real company. And they're like, okay. <laughs> but we have a 
you know, a warehouse, they can Google map and go, oh, it's it's a warehouse. It's a Ford, mm-hmm. Ford dog yeah, warehouse. Give them that. Oh, address. they're legit. Right. Just give it to them. Just like, give wow, them like he's a, a company. Warehouse. You guys are legit and you don't leave home. <laughs> yeah. But I don't have to leave home. <laughs> I love it. And and enjoy the work you know, done through is, the house. As creative as we are, and as long as I've been doing this, as long as you've been doing it, there's a thousand other ways to improve everything that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. It's it's mindset, it's relationships, uh, it's serving your customers well, and the opportunity is huge. So, what what lessons might you share? You know, let's talk a little bit. We've kind of talked to I would call it the mid tier audience today, meaning people who've made some money or they believe in the process already, and we're just like, hey, here's how to improve it, here's how to do it. But let's talk to the people who are maybe green, which is a little harder for us to connect to because I've been doing this twenty years, I've been doing it, you know, <laughs> since two thousand sixteen seventeen. Talk to them. Is can you really build your life around the stuff we're talking about? You can build your life around it. You're still gonna have you have to have a schedule, like we had talked about in the beginning. You need to start having a schedule of some sort. Like so everyone knows between eight and ten o'clock, he's sourcing. That's his job. Or I used to run Amazon was out of my garage every Thursday. Everyone knew Thursday was Amazon Day. Like print, pack, pick and ship everything in was Thursday. It used to just be all crushed into one day. Thousand units all gone into like a day. Like the UPS people hated me, but <laughs> they hated Thursdays anyway. <laughs> they hated Fridays. They hated <laughs> Fridays. Because it was done Saturday and done Thursday night, picking up Friday. Right. So you learn so learning to scale, but for the small person, it's just persistence. You have to have a schedule and persistence and just keep at it. And eventually you will succeed if you keep with the the plan they've laid out. If you lay out the plan and just keep following the plan and keep sticking with it, you'll make your first sale eventually. And then from there, you'll start making more sales and more sales and you'll continue to grow. You also need to know the why. We started with the why years ago. Why did you start this? I started to make an extra $5,000 a year because that's what mattered. And that was going to get me out of debt and student loans and issues. Now it's like, okay, we make $5,000 a month. Like, (laughs) you know. So it's like you keep growing, you keep, you'll, you'll grow, you'll just keep growing and getting bigger. And the time you put in is the amount of the, and the work that you put in will flourish and grow. And then you'll get the rewards from that. It's like when you're planting seeds in the spring, you can't expect a tomato in, uh, in June. You have to wait until July, August to get your tomatoes. Yes. It's not going to happen overnight. Every legitimate business follows that same pattern. Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the more frustrating parts for me being in the industry where, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's probably accurate. 90% of the people out there claiming they can teach you how to build a business online, 90% of them, if you follow them, you're following them into a disaster. I mean, it's just, there's so much scam out there. that It's like we all toss out our common sense because it's the internet. The rules of business have always been the same. They always will be the same. It takes time to build something that is going to sustain takes time to build something that's going to be special and strong. And because it takes time to build relationships, it takes time to build systems. It takes time, you know, so what you want to do is find a system that's proven and then take the time it takes to build that instead of being distracted by shiny objects and balancing all over the place. And I'm excited to get you, Eric, and listeners too, who aren't in replans yet. I think it's going to really blow your mind what's possible off of a list of products you can pull off the shelf or order on Walmart the margins are insane. They're literally everywhere. We have people finding 50 or 70 great replans in a single day. And then a year later, over half of them are still great sellers from that one day's work mm-hmm. and just handing your shoppers a shopping list. <laughs> it's 
It's pretty incredible. It's the ultimate inch deep mile wide because you're never going super deep on any of these. But you will stumble across great wholesale opportunities that way too. So turn the jar over. Who, who distributes this? Who manufactures it? You start your homework, build a relationship, start ordering cases. Maybe go a little deeper. Uh, but I, I think you're set up very well for that model, Eric, as is anybody because the risks are so nominal. And the PPP mod uh, idea, I'm glad we hit on that too. Proven product partnering, helping brands get onto Amazon. It's just a matter of a conversation. Some people even charge money for that stage too, by the way. If you're going <laughs> to help them set up on Amazon, I need three or $4,000 to get you set up. And after that, I'm a commission-only sales rep. And that way, you're actually making some money at every stage of the process. Well, yeah, it makes sense to charge up front for services that you're going to rent. Like, almost, I can't do anything for free now. I can't. <laughs> no. no it it just doesn't sound as legitimate either. You mm-hmm. want to charge some cash there. Well, so you tell them that as a consultant, I'm $175 an hour consulting fee. Mm-hmm. Or you can pay me $2,000. I'll get it set up. It could take, you know, it's going to take 10, 12 hours. We'll get, yeah. you know, I'll give you a slight discount. Yeah. And yeah. you've got the credibility now. You've sold enough. They know who you are and you've leveraged these relationships again. Fantastic. Any other tips or strategies before we wrap this one up? Just believe in you. Just believe in yourself and you know, eventually you can do great things. Yeah, it is mind. It really is mindset. Mm-hmm. Mindset is, is huge. Uh, who is it? Um, was it, I think Chuck Swindoll, I think is the guy that said life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that was, yeah, that's a good, Something like that. that's a good analogy. Right. I mean, because the mindset will get you through a whole lot of obstacles if you just keep plowing through. Mm-hmm. But that's awesome, man. Well, it's good hanging out with you again. Good hearing the update. This was a great episode. I had a lot of fun. I learned a few things and uh, hopefully the listeners did too. You're a great guest, Eric. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure as yeah. always, Jim. And for the listeners who hung out with us a little bit today, hope you had as much fun as we did. That's always the goal. Uh, but to be honest with you, I would be doing this even if I wasn't recording these and putting them out there for a bunch of people to listen to later. Because I, like I said, I learn and grow and, and this is all relationship building. So thanks for being a part of our community, our podcast listening community. You're the most important part of this show. We've got a whole team that helps put these things together and schedule the guests and clean up the audio and all that. But you're the most important piece of it, the listener. We want to hear from, we want to hear from you. We want your feedback. We want your ideas for future episodes. Hey, if you're succeeding and you're in our community, we want to hear from you. Let's Let's share your story, how you got to where you are. Um, I was asked recently, Eric, you might be interested. Someone asked me and said, hey, why don't you ever share the failure stories? Anybody can fail. I mean, that's easy. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) go spend $50,000 right now on the first product you find on the shelf at your closest grocery store and sell it. Like, you're going to (laughs) fail. Do you want to hear a podcast about that? No, we want to hear people because every successful entrepreneur has had a series of failures. And I love that we dove into some of those with Eric today. And uh, I can appreciate wanting to hear some of those bumps in the road. But I like interviewing people who are succeeding because it shows you it can be done. They can do it. All these other people can do it. All this thousand people with testimonies can do it. I can do it too. Hopefully that helps your mindset. So that's what we bring on the show. And if that's you, we'd love to have you as a guest. Reach out to us and we'll talk about setting up and having you on the show. But to all the business building warriors out there, thanks for joining us, Eric, your family. Thanks for, thank them for loaning you to us today. We appreciate that. And we'll have another great episode for you again real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.